The following recording is from the previous cycle. Today's daf is Nazar Daf Chof Dalid, and we are 15 lines from the bottom of Daf Chof Gimel Ahmed Beis. So says the Gemara Kufa. It's the end of where we left off yesterday. Chof Gimel Ahmed Beis discussed the tremendous chiddush that Rabbi Huda said in the name of Rav, or Rabbi Nachman Bar Yitzchak said, and that is Gedoyla Avera Lishma. That sometimes a person could do an Avera, but if he does it with the right intentions, he does it with the Kavana, for a positive outcome to come from it, it's Gedoyla, it's great. Not only is it great, but Rabbi Nachman Bar Yitzchak said, it's as great as a Mitzvah Shaloy Lishma. Now, Mitzvah Shaloy Lishma is nothing to sneeze at. Chazal say, Lo'olam Yasek Adam Etoyer Mitzvah is Afilu Shaloy Lishman, Shemitoch Shaloy Lishman Bolishman. Uh, Avera Lishma is on the level, it's on the same caliber of a uh, mitzvah shaloy Lishma. The one example that the Gemara gave yesterday was Yael Eishas Chever Akeni, that she agreed to be Nivalot to Sisra seven times, Lahatzolas Kla Yisrael. Thus, you see from here, G'day Avera Lishma, the Pasik praises Yael. The Pasik says she was even more. Gebenched and the Nashim Ba'ayl, who's referring to Sar Rivka Rachaleya. So we spoke about an Aver Lishma. We spoke about a Mitzvah Shalei Lishma. So the Gemara continues its digression from the hardcore Nazar Sugis for another few lines at least. And the Gemara a little bit more Agadita. Gufa. A person should do Mitzvahs. He should learn Torah. Even Shalei Lishma. Meaning, even if he's not on the Madrega that he's doing his Mitzvahs Lishma, it doesn't matter. Do it anyways. Do it even Shalei Lishma. And the reason is, it's not so much that we're satisfied with this avoida of shaloy lishma. However, if a person does Torah mitzvah shaloy lishma, eventually he'll reach the ultimate goal, which is he'll come to do the mitzvah lishma. What's the source for this? Where do you find that there's a chashivos even for a mitzvah shaloy lishma? And then the parish is Balak. Balak, who's the king of Moab, brought 42 karbonos. So it was in the schar of the 42 karbonos that Balak brought to Hashem, Zoha v'yotzom he was Eicha, that he, his descendant, Rus, came from him. And who came from Rus? David HaMelech came from Rus. Malchus Beis David, Mashiach, all came from Rus. What did Balak do to deserve to have a granddaughter Rus? He brought 42 karbonos to Hashem. Now, Balak's karbonos, were they brought Lishma or were they brought Shalei Lishma? Says the Gemara, clearly they were brought Shalei Lishma. He didn't bring the karbonos to Hashem because he wanted to give Shevach Vahidah, he wanted to worship Hashem. The reason he did it was, is because he was afraid of the Yidin, and he felt that if by bringing these 42 karbonos, He'll be able to fend off the Yidin that he was intimidated by. So clearly the Karbanas that he brought was Shalei Lishma. Still you see he got a tremendous Chah. So Yudah Marav said that you want to know who we can learn from. With regards to the Chashivas of a Mitzvah Shalei Lishma, we can learn it from no other than Balak Melech Moyev. He brought 42 Karbanas Shalei Lishma, the Zoha, the Yatsam Imenu Rossi. But there's a, another Kasha that the Akhreinam mask, and that is that Toysfis throughout Shas, Toysfis right here, and this Toysfis is in many, many places Tais asks a stira that here the Gemara says Lo ilam yasek adam atayru mitzvah shaloy l'shma. Why shemitoyk shaloy l'shma balishma? And the Gemara mesachtes brachas daf yizayin and aleph says ha'isik b'mitzvah shaloy l'shma noyach l'shaloy nivra. Someone that does 
mitzvahs or learns Torah Shalei it would have been better had he not been born. That's how bad his avoid is. So which one is it? Is it Lo'ilam Yasek Adam and Torah Mitzvah Shalei Or is it Noyach Le Shalei Livra? Says Tosfis, there's Shalei Lishma and there's Shalei Lishma. Depends on what kind of Shalei Lishma he was. If the person who's doing Mitzvah Shalei Lishma is doing it, not for the most sublime reasons, but rather he's doing it because he wants COVID, he wants people to recognize him as a Tamil Chacham, so he sits and learns, not because he feels like he's serving Hashem, but for all the wrong, he wants to do a nice for all the wrong reasons. If that's the reason the person is sitting and learning, that's Shalai Lashma, but that's the good Shalai Lashma, because that's the Shalai Lashma that eventually will be Balashma. You sit and learn Torah all day, Shalai Lashma, eventually you're going to start learning Torah Lashma. When do we say, Isaac permits for Shalai Lashma, Noyach Shalai Nivra? Says, Toysfiz, that's if you're doing it like a Pech You're doing it to Shtoch somebody. You're doing it because you want to intimidate somebody. So if you're doing it to somehow get back at someone, so you have to know what exactly this person's motivation is, but if that's the Shalai Lashma, that's worse. So the Egli Talin is Akdomo to his classic Sefer Egri Tal that we've referred to so many different times. In the middle of that Hakdama, he quotes the Marsha's Kasha, that the Marsha says, I don't understand Toysfis. Because here we have a Gemara that brings a source to La'ilam Yasek Adam Matayr V'Misr Shalei Lashma. And what's the source? Balak. Balak broke 42 Karbana Shalei Lashma. What was his Shalei Lashma, Cheshben? To fend off the Yidden. If it was to fend off the Yidden, wouldn't that be Kapeach Acherim? And still you see, it's the good kind of Shalei Lashma. So how do you reconcile that with Toysfis Yisoyed? So the Marsha says a teretz. The Marsha says that the reason Balak brought the Karbanas wasn't so much to attack the Yidin or to curse the Yidin. It was more to protect himself. And being that it was more to protect himself, we don't look at it as like a pech Thus, it falls into the category of the good kind of Shalai Lashma. And that's why the Gemara Yudamara brought a raya from Balak to his idea. Just to finish the point, that Rus came from Melech Mayav, came from Balak. And again, why was Balak Zaycha? Because of the 42 Kabbalah. Where do we know that Hashem rewards a person for every good thing he does, even a sikhana? So a person could say something very small, very little, seemingly insignificant, and even for that, Hashem is going to give a person reward. The ilu, where do you see that? This is again good in Yonah Diyema. Yemadin, Mishpat, every sikhana. Because the older one of Lloyd's daughters, who became pregnant from Lloyd first, when she had a son, she named her son Mayav. Mayav means Mayavi. He came from my father. So the Torah says, Al Tatsar is Mayav, the Al Tiskar And we learn from there, Mulchama, who the law, you're not allowed to fight a war with Mayav. Outside of war, he takes off his uniform, you can do whatever you want to him. The Ilutsaira, however, the younger daughter, the Karisa Ben Ami, she was a little bit more refined than the older daughter. She didn't refer to her son as Mayav, Mayavi, but rather Mayami, from my nation, which is a little bit more bitznios. On Malay, there the Pasik says, Al Tetsure, Val Tiskarbam, doesn't say the word Melchamo. You're not allowed to start up with them at all. Before we go weiter, just one other thing to speak out. I recently got a Sefer, Ramachi actually gave it to me, a Sefer that was written by Moshe Meyer Letterman, his Talmidim, based on Sichas Shmuzen that he gave. I thought you did. The COVID <laughs> Yontif. But over there, he quotes an interesting Malbum. One of his pieces in Rosh Hashanah, he says, the Malbum says that you find the word Dibur to mean to talk, and the word Sicha also means speech. Right? A Dibur is a word, and Sicha is also, what's the difference? Says the Malbum. The difference is Dibur is whenever what you're saying is Choshev. So for example, the Aseris HaDibrois, Bedvar Hashem Shemayim Nasu. When it's a Dover Choshev, it's called Dibur. Sicha is when it's 
idle chatter. That would be sicha. Miloshin sicha schulen. Says the Gemara, afilu schar sicha not. Even a sicha said Rabbi Yitzchak Rabbi Chanina in the Rabbi Barab on Rabbi Yechanan ein Hakadosh Baruch Hu mekapech. The loshin sicha means that even a sicha, something that's insignificant, even for that, a sicha no, Hashem is going to reward someone. The point that Rabbi Shemaya was trying to bring was that the Torah says that when Rivka came to Yitzchak for the first time with Eliezer Eved Avram, Yitzchak was davening. What does the pasuk say? Vayetze Yitzchak losuach pasada. The Lashen Sicha. The Malbun says Sicha is idle chatter. It's insignificant talk. And he said, you see from here, a tremendous yisoid, that uh, to daven doesn't only mean to say the Shemayin Esrei that was written by the Anshik Nesrek Doivo. But you have people that they constantly talk to Hashem throughout the day. Even the Sicha Kala that came out of his mouth, that was a Bechin of Tefillah. Tefillah doesn't necessarily have to mean Again, words that were composed by the great people from previous generations, even a sicha sometimes is conceived. It brings a maisa with Rabbi Moshe Sasava, different Hasidish stories to support this idea how the Hasidish Rebbe's, they very much admired sometimes these very, the villagers and the peasants who would talk to Hashem. They literally, they had conversations with Hashem on a, on a regular basis. They, to the contrary, they thought it was beautiful. That's Tefillah. One final. A person should always try to not to only do mitzvahs, but he should be yaktim l'dvar mitzvah. Because the older daughter was with light one night before the younger daughter, and zachsa v'kadma arba deris b'yisrael amalchas. She was zoicha. She was rewarded four generations before the younger daughter. How so? If you look in the top toisves, oived. Yishai, David, Shlomo. Rus had a son. Oived who had a son. Yishai who had a son. David who had a son. Shlomo. So, Rus had four generations before the younger daughter who was Amoin or from Amoin, not from Moyov. So there are four very important, very prestigious Yid that come from Moyov before a very prestigious Yid from Amoin surfaces. Who is the prestigious Yid from Amoin? That's Namah Amoinus who was married to Rechavim ben Shloima. Who are the four from Moyov? Those are Oved Yishai, Dovin and Shloima. Why did Moyov get Schar, four generations before Amoin, because Moyev came from the older daughter, and the older daughter was Kodmesa Laila Achas, and it's for that reason she was rewarded in that way. But before we go weiter, and we start the Mishnah, and return to our regular program, just as one Marumakim that I discussed this with Machi yesterday, that has to be spoken out. I've heard this from my Shver, but Machi showed me that it's actually printed in the Hakdama the Chelek Ches of the Igris Moshe. The story's told that Ramosha Feinstein, when he lived in Russia, he was a young Rav living in Russia, and one of his mispalim became sick with a mysterious illness. His tongue blew up to the point where he was literally dying on his deathbed. He was going to die. Ramosha went to visit him, and when he came into the room, there were many people there. So this Yid, who was dying, asked all the people to leave. He said, I want to speak to the Rav privately. So everybody leaves the room. It's just Ramosha and this Yid, and this Yid turns to Ramosha. He says, I have to tell you an incredible story. He said, last night I had a dream. And in my dream, two older women appeared to me, and they introduced themselves as the two daughters of light. And they told me, I want to tell you why you're dying. Apparently, the Shabbos before was Parshas Vayero. And this Yid was sitting on a Shabbos table, and he was 
discussing the parasha with his family, and he came to the parasha of Lloyd's two daughters, who both were in Zdavig with Lloyd, to have children, because they were afraid that the world was coming to an end. The older daughter first, she had a son, and she named her son Noyev. And this he had said, I don't understand, what kind of chutzpah is it? Number one, to her father, even to herself, to name her son Moyev, so that for all future generations, people should remember that this child came from an act between a father and a daughter, and he was very disturbed by it, and he spoke about it in a very disparaging way. So the women told this Yid, I want to explain to you why we did what we did. He said as follows. He said, we were afraid that had I not named this son Moyov, people would have thought that you know where this child came from. Maybe it came from the Shekhinah. Maybe it came from Hashem. Because there was no other person, at least as far as they were concerned, on the world at that time. See, either it came from Loit or it came from the Shekhinah. We thought that if this child would grow up thinking that he doesn't have a real father, that his father came from the Shekhinah, he may start a new religion, he may claim to be a Messiah of some sorts, and very terrible things may come from that. In fact, they told her there was a false Mashiach, known as Yashka, who claimed that he had a mother with no father, and he was literally Mahapichilomus. And that's exactly what we were trying to prevent. And she told them that Hashem was a maskim tar so much so that you know what our schar was? You know what my schar was? I named my son Moev. Who came from me? Rus. And who came from Rus? Dovin HaMelech. And who came from Dovin HaMelech? Mashiach. You know why I was like that Mashiach is going to come from my descendants? Because I did something to prevent there being a rumor of a false Mashiach. My schar was Midah Kenegin Midah. I was like that Mashiach should come. The end of the story, unfortunately, is sad. They told him that he's going to die. And Kachav and he died. Ramesh used to tell over the story. It's a Maisa Shehoya. Kachoya. It's printed in the Hakdama to Igris Moshe Chelek. That's unbelievable. Zok to Mishnah Vaita. In the previous Mishnah, we discussed a woman who was Makabal Naziris. Her husband was made for the Naziris, but she has no idea that the husband was made for a Naziris. So you think, therefore, she'd observe a Naziris. To the contrary. The that she's going and she's violating her Naziros, says the Mishnah, Inosevekas is our bomb, although she thinks she's being over the Surah Naziros, the Mazin. However, Machlekes of Yudah and the Rabbanon, whether she gets Makas Mardos or not. So now we have a, another halacha regarding a woman who was Makabal Naziros and her husband was made for the Naziros. Says the Mishnah, each is another Banaz, a woman was Makabal Naziros, and she was Mafresh or Behemus. Which Behemus? The Behemus that she's Mafresh, Bahashlomas Naziros, every Nazar. When he or she completes their Naziros, has to bring three carbonas. What are the three carbonas? A chatos, an oila, and a shlomim. So this woman, she was mafish or three carbonas. Afterwards, her husband was made for the Naziros, so she's not a Nazar anymore. If she's not a Nazar, obviously she doesn't bring the carbonas. So the question is, what exactly do we do with these carbonas? You have three carbonas, you have a chatos, an oila, and a shlomim, but you don't have the Nazar who needs to bring this carbonas. So how do you deal with these carbonas? Number one, if these behemoths that she was mafish, belong to the husband, the Gemara will clarify this, then they're chulen, they're done. Why? We'll see in the Gemara. If the behemoth that she was mafresh were her behemoth, the Gemara is going to ask, how could a woman have any possessions? Isn't the rule called Masha Kansa Isha Kanabaila? It's also the Gemara's Kasha. It says the Gemara, it depends which carbon. Hachatas, the carbon Chatas Thomas, we kill. Why do we kill the Chatas? This is consistent with the Chamesh Chatois Hamesas. We, we know the rule with Chatas is not Bob and Adava. So the only time you can bring a Chatas is if you're Machoyev to bring Chatas. If you're not Machoyev to bring a Chatas, you can't bring it. This woman's not Machoyev to bring Chatas. Why? She's not a Nazar. Even though she said already Nazar, her husband was made for the Naziras. What do you do with a Chatas that you can't bring? It's Halacha Lomesh Misinai. It goes Lamisa. Had they kill it? 
So, not for the faint of heart, they would starve it to death. There's a whole gory process of how exactly this animal was killed. But they would kill the animal. How There were five different types of chatois at Mesas. What they all have in common is, is that they were hufrish, l'shem chatos. And right now, there's not, not all of them, but most of them have in common, there's nothing to do with it now. So this chatos is like that kind of chatos. Thus, you have the Allah Chalamashim, Sinai of Thomas. What about the Oilo? Tikrav Oilo. You can bring it as Oilo. Shlomim. Tikrav Shlomim. Why? Because even though right now she's not Machuiv to bring it as Oilo or Shlomim, but Oilo Shlomim's Bab and Adava. So therefore, you can bring it. What do you do with the Shlomim, though? Why? What's the Shiloh? Because the Shalmi Nazar is different than a regular Shlomim. How so? Number one, a regular carbon Shlomim was eaten for two days and a night. The Shalmi Nazar was only eaten for one day and a night. Incidentally, there's one other shlomim that was also only eaten for one day and a night. Which one was that? The toida. The toida is also a shlomim. It was only eaten for a day and a night. There's a well-known vart that's often quoted from the Nitziv. The Nitziv said a beautiful machshava. Why was it that the toida was only eaten for a day and a night? Because well, who brought a carbon toida? Someone who wanted to give hoida Tashem, he brought a carbon toida. Said the Nitziv, if you would have two days to eat it, so you'd be able to eat six meals, couple of snacks, you'd be able to figure out how to deal with it on your own. The Torah said, eat it in one day and a night, you'll be mukhrach to invite people over so that it doesn't become noiser. By that you'll be mefars in the nest. It's an idea of pursue nisa. That's what the Nitzv said. That's why the shlomim, the toid, although it was a shlomim, was only eaten for a day and a night. What about the shalmi nazar? So that I don't know. But either way, the shalmi nazar was unique that it was only eaten for a day and a night, like the toid. Additionally, the shalmi nazar was brought together with lechem. So there were certain breads. That's also like the toid. The toid came with 40 breads. So the shalmi nazar is a little toid dig. Also came with breads. In contrast to an ordinary shlomim. So what about this shlomim? Says the Mishnah shlomim. So take Rav shlomim. V'nechalun liyoyim echad. It's eaten for one day like the shalmei nazar. V'ain't unam lechem. However, it's not brought with breads like a regular shlomim. Shalmei nazar was brought with breads. This one not. Why not? So Toysav says it's more of a technical thing because it says the shalmei nazar, the breads that were brought with the shalmei nazar had to be put al kape hanazar. They had to be put into the hands of the Nazar. Teisvah says, there's no Nazar. You don't have the hands of a Nazar simply because you don't have a Nazar. What if this Nazar didn't actually separate animals for carbonus, but rather all she separated was money that was going to be used to buy carbonus. So if it was stumen, meaning she never designated what's going for chatos, what's going for ilo, what's going for shlomen, but rather this hundred dollars is going to cover my carbonus, then the Allah is yiplu in a dava. And the Gemara is going to say, it's Allah Lomayshim Yisina, Machlikas Rabbi Yechon and Rishlach, Kishwatim Akaris, Rabbi Yechon, it says, it's Allah Lomayshim Yisina, that if you have mois stumen, that was hufrash for carbonus nazar, you take all the money, and you buy with it oilus nadava. What were the oilus nadavas used for? Kayat samizbech. There was a halacha that the mizbech can never be idle. There always had to be something burning on the mizbech. What if they had no karbanas? No one was mechal shabbos b'shayig. So now what? What do you do? So they had oilus that were designated. That was their purpose. You check it, take the fats, throw it on the mizbech, so that the mizbech would always have something burning. Mois mufurashin. What if she set aside money, not animals, but money? This. $50 for the chatos, this 50 for the oil, this 50 for the shlamim. So the me chatos money that was set aside for the chatos, yachol yamamelch, you throw into the yamamelch. That would be the equivalent there of, of killing it. You can't kill money, money can't die. So being that it can't die, what you could do is you could throw it into the yamamelch. Loi nan evaloi moilin. Additionally, the loch is going to be loi nan and you're not allowed to have enough from it midirabonon. For loi moilin, however, there's no isim mila midirais. The Titus says wherever it says loi nan evaloi moilin, that's what it means. Loi nan and mitarsnisht anohabin. For loi moilin, it's not possible to be moil because there is no mila. The me oila, what about the money that was set aside for the oila? Yavi oila, moilin mehen, you always moilin oila. The me shlomi, yavi shlomim, venechalin liyemechad, venechalin. 
tuna lechem. The money is going to be brought to buy a shlomim. It's eaten for a day and a night. You don't need lechem. What about meila? There's never meila by a shlomim because the shlomim is kachim kalim. You can only be moyel on kachim kedashim. You can't be moyel on kachim kalim. Says the Gemara. So the first halacha of the Mishnah was a woman is a nazar. She was mafresh karbanis for her naziros, and then her husband was mefer labayla. So what do you do with your karbanis? So the first halacha was straightforward. If the animal belonged to him, the ones that she was mafresh, it has no kedusha at all. Says the Gemara, it would seem that what's the reason for it? Because the husband had no chiyav, he had no obligation to give animals for her carbon. So if she took her husband's carbon, she stole it essentially from him. The hafrasha was nevachal. If the hafrasha was nevachal, it's for that reason, that's the way the Gemara understands it. So it says, if that's the case, obviously the time of the Mishnah holds that the husband does not have a shibud to provide carbonus for his wife to the extent that she's mechuriv to bring a carbon. Mishnah must be going according to Rabbanon. Because if it's going according to Rabbanon, why do you take this animal and just let it run Loose, let it do its thing. The husband is obligated to provide carbonus for his wife if she's mechuyev a carbon. The time we went to the price, we said, other maybe carbon asha alishtoi v'chein carbon oisah she chayeves. With regards to the lachas of carbon oilavayoyret, so the question is: before a person brought a carbon, sometimes he had to present PLs, right? You had to decide the financial status of the person before we determine what kind of carbon you brought. That was the oil of a yarid. Depending on how wealthy you are, that was how much your carbon was. So Yehuda says that we don't look at the woman's wealth, we look at her husband's wealth. Why? Because ultimately he's the one that's mechuyev to bring the carbon. So this Mishnah can't be that Rabbi Yehuda who holds that the husband is mechuyev to bring the wife's carbon, because if so, then why, if she was mafish, the husband's carbon, is the Kedusha Natchel? Had Rabbi Yehuda know that, that's what he writes in the Ksuba. Kol achrayist Any achrayist that you're going to have from me, then I'm going to give. Included in that is carbonus. Rav says a similar text. Rav, I'm Rabbi Yehuda. Could be really the Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda. It's true the husband is obligated, but he's only obligated if she's mechuyev a carbon. Here she doesn't need it anymore. Why? Because he was made for it. So being that right now she doesn't need it, any matana that he gave her somehow is bottle, and therefore it's going to be teitze v'tiras. Meaning it doesn't necessarily have to be the Mishnah's the Rabbonon, the Mishnah could be Rabbi Yehuda, and even though at the time that she was mafresh, it was maybe a really good hafrasha, but right now she doesn't need it anymore, so that whole hafrasha is going to be bottle. Ikidamri, some added a completely different version of this exchange whether the Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda or the Rabbanon. Meaning, Rabbi thought, at first glance, the Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda. Why? Because Rabbi Yehuda holds that the husband's obligated. Therefore, there was at least a Havamina that if she took her husband's behema, that maybe it should be Chal. Why then is it not Chal? Like the Svar the Gemara just said. The Irabbanon, because in this Lishno, Rav Chizda felt that if the Mishnah is Rabbanon, he's not obligated. Meaning, it has nothing to do with Afara. It sounds like from the Mishnah, Afara has nothing to do with anything. Even if he wasn't made for it, the Hafrash is a waste of time. Ella, what would be the only way that a woman could be mafresh a carbon from her husband if the husband's not obligated is the if he was maknater but the problem is then it's hers and then it falls into the safe of the Mishnah that discuss the second Mishnah Rav said no could be maybe really it is the Rabbanon and if it's going according to Rabbanon when we say that she was mafish to behema, he must have been maknater so if he was maknater then it's shalah so why if he's made for her does it have a different shulchan aruch it shouldn't have it should be the same halacha it's a regular shalah ki maknila nami 
The Gemara says, that when the husband gave his wife this animal, go use it as a carbon, it was only under the presumption that she was a Nazar and she needed it. But now she doesn't need it anymore. Therefore, we assume that he never retroactively meant to give it to her. And for that reason, the Matana is going to be bottles. So either way, there were three Pshatim in the Mishnah and what it means, Shaloi Hoiso Habehema, two Mishnahs in the Gemara. Just before we go weiter, so Shabbos, I was in Brooklyn by my father, so I went with him to hear Rav Yosef Ernster, the Rav Alexander's Dafyomi. He's a few blood ahead, so he gave on Nazar Davchav Dalit. On this Gemara, he said over a Misa with the Rogich of a guy. The story took place about a hundred or so years ago, where in Russia, they took the military very seriously. So there was a very aggressive draft. The Chavetz Chaim had to write Svarim and Kutresim to help Yidin that were unfortunately forced to be drafted into the military. But they took it very seriously. But apparently, for money, you could buy your way out. So there was an Ishur that a person can buy with money that if you had this, you're exempt from going to war. Not only that, these Ishurim traded on a secondary market. So if it was issued to you, it was transferable. You could transfer it to somebody, you can give it away to somebody else. So apparently there was a Yid who owned this ticket that allowed him to be exempt from going to war. This Yid was very old, he wasn't well, and he was dying. And he sat down with his lawyer to write a sava. So he's taking his assets, his nechosim, and he's deciding how he's going to divvy everything up. And he sees he has this one ishor. Now this yid had a large family. But there was one child that was still of age where he could potentially be drafted. So he decided that who needs this ishor? That son. My older sons don't need it anymore. So he wrote in his will that I want this ishor to be given over to that son so that when... And if the time comes that he's drafted, he'll be able to get out of it. He gets the letter in the mail that he needs to be, he needs to appear in front of a, a court. They're going to send him away. So he comes in front of these people, he goes through his physical exam, and they decided that he doesn't pass muster. Apparently, he's giving a hoike digger. He didn't, he wasn't somebody that the army wanted. So they exempted him. So this yid comes back, this young child, he says, great, I don't need this Isher, I'm going to go and sell it. The brother says, one second, what are you talking about? He said, the whole reason our father gave it to you was because he wanted you to use it. So you should be exempt from what? But now you don't need it anymore, there's no reason for you to have it. Anyways, Adintaira, they went to the Rav, the Rav had no idea how to pass in the Shiloh. He said, I'm going to send a letter to the Rogachava guy. The Rogachava wrote back, Nazir Chavdalit on the base. Kedar Kibakadr. So we just learned Nazir Chavdalit on the base, so it's easy. It's a curveball. But Nazir Chavdalit on the base is this Gemara right here. The Gemara says a svara that a husband who gives his wife, that's another animals for carbonos, says as long as she needs it, then we say the maton is chal. But berega, there was a svara, she doesn't need it anymore. The milsa did srichala maknila. The milsa the light srichala, loy maknila. So the Rogachava said, nazir chavdalit on the days, that's your raya. The child cannot keep it. It gets divided up amongst the brothers. What if the animal belonged to her. It was her own animal that she was mafresh. So then we saw the Mishnah. Everything has its own shulchanach. But the Gemara asks, before anything, he, Minala, before the Kachim ramifications, how do you get out the first base? Minala, she doesn't have anything. Isn't the rule? Papa said, she talking about a woman who 
her husband used to give her mezaynas, and she used to keep a little extra mezaynas on the side. So slowly, slowly, she started saving up until she had money. She was able to buy her own animals to bring her own car. But Iba is saying, another terrorist, the Akni La'achet. told her, or somebody else gave her a gift. He clearly stipulated, I'm giving it to you, but I don't want your husband to have anything to do with it. Now, there are two important tastes for sin on this Gemara, but we're going to save this already for another day.